much like this cell phone battery, which is stored energy, knowledge is stored information. Now, if I take my cell phone and try to power it up, it will not become empowered by the stored energy in my other hand. Not until I plug it in toward a specific purpose will it become empowered. Likewise, you have stockpiled plenty of knowledge and information throughout your life, but it will not empower you until you plug it in and turn it on. Hey everyone, welcome to the RLT podcast where we share some real life tools, tips and tricks to help you not only discover but also reach your ultimate goals. What's up everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of the RLT podcast. My name is Mono. My name is Leon, how are you doing everyone? It's our fifth episode, we're very excited. I hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. We've certainly been enjoying making them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we've probably heard this message a million times before or the saying at least of knowledge is power Leon and I'm pretty sure you've heard it just as many times as I have and so this isn't the first time that I've actually heard this specific saying delivered in a talk or you know seen it on a billboard or uh, read it in a book somewhere and you know one certain thing that stuck out to me in this specific clip is the fact that he asks a question Uh, It's not saying that knowledge is power, but actually asking the question of, is knowledge power? Should we challenge that motion? Should we uh, dive deeper into that topic? And I think that's what inspired the show of today is to say, well, how can we deep dive into that discussion in itself to find out Mm -hmm. what exactly does one mean when you pose it in the question form, right, Leon? No, definitely, for sure. I mean, um, as you said, Knowledge is power is quite a common thing. We hear it all the time. And we decided to actually have a discussion around this and ask the question, is knowledge really power? Uh, Maybe debunk some myths tonight, uh, discuss it at length, and then see what comes out at the other end. At the end of the day, the reason myself and Manu finds this extremely, um, you know, an enticing type of topic is because we find ourselves constantly trying to, you know, acquire more knowledge in some shape, form or the other. I'm sure a lot of people are similar. So I decided, to, uh, um, you know, to start actually taking note of what type of knowledge I'm putting in my head. It's obviously changing as the season changes. If you've got certain seasons of your life, for example, if you're going through pain, uh, you'll start reading more books about life advice and things like that. If you're going through starting a new business or something like that, you'll actually start reading some entrepreneurship books. If you're going through some academic times in your life and you're acquiring new skills, you'll obviously read subject matter with regards to that. So knowledge absolutely um, is something that's always around us. It's something that enhances us. Um, But we actually here tonight to actually debunk the whole method of thinking about knowledge as power. You can't, you know, just saying that knowledge is power. What do we actually mean by that? Yeah, I mean, for me specifically, Leon, um, I think that's where one of one of the many things 
that drew our friendship closer as well is in the sense that we've got that in common. Um, we absolutely love learning new things. We absolutely love sharing knowledge with one another. And it's something that just had such a major impact on my life. The fact that I you know, heard this saying at a very, very young age and um, my gran always told me, I'll never forget this, that uh, you should read and when you're done reading, you should read more because knowledge is power. Uh, she always used to explain it in a sense that nobody can, or people can take things away from you, but they can never ever take away your knowledge. They can never ever take away uh, what you've learned. So go out, go study, uh, become a doctor if that's your passion, um, but really consume as much knowledge as possible because that's the one thing that the world cannot take from you. They can take your personal possessions, they can take your, uh, your money, they can take everything away from you, but they cannot take your knowledge. So that's something that you take with you for the rest of your life. So that's something that has inspired me from a very young age to actually um, become more knowledgeable and you know, try and build up this wealth of knowledge in each and every aspect of my life. And that has been something that I've been carrying along with me throughout primary school, throughout high school, all the way still to this day. I'm absolutely obsessed with learning new things and understanding the way that the world works, understanding everything that I require for my day job, but also understanding life better, understanding business better. So that has been something that has absolutely stuck with me. So I'm very, very excited to actually touch on this topic today and how my mind has been changed since I've heard the saying being posed in a question, not necessarily just in this uh, one TED Talk here uh, presented by Damien. And we, by the way, we'll share the link to the full TED Talk in the show notes if you're interested in going and having a look or listening to that entire uh, TED Talk there. So we'll absolutely be sharing that with you. Yeah, for sure. So... Let's flip the script a little bit. So let's say, for example, um, you know, geez, now I need to do the math in my head, but let's say 17 years ago, I just gave away my age, Monday. Um, we were all in school, and um, or I was in school at the time, busy with matric. I decided to be one of those overachiever kind that's going to take a couple of extra classes as well, and yeah, acquire knowledge, and then get a little paper at the end of the year that tells me that I am now... Um, knowledgeable in seven or eight different topics some of those topics for example science I'm not hating on any science people I wish I had the the brain for ex absorbing that kind of information it's just not my forte but I had science and science was one of the subjects that I needed to pass in order to get um, the correct scoring that's going to allow me to study at the set universities that I wanted to go and study at so I studied, I studied my sciences, I <laughs> barely passed, um, and I was able to go and study wherever I wanted because I passed my science. But ask me anything about my matric science right now, I promise you, I think I can remember that iodine is purple, I might even get that wrong. Um, mm. I think copper goes green when it goes bad, that's what I remember, that's all I remember. So knowledge being power, yeah. That's where, that's where the question kind of fades a little bit. So if you, for example, learn all these new things, and um, sometimes it's forced learning, like in the school system, one day we'll have a show about what we think about traditional school systems. Mm -hmm. um, but they force a lot of information down you or on, upon you, and then they also put the frameworks in place that makes you forced to do them. 
For example, like I just said, if you want to go and study engineering, you have to have math and sciences. Even though you're never going to go, for example, my brother went and did engineering. He's never ever touched barium chloride and these kind of things in his life ever again. But he had to go and pass sciences at a reasonable higher grade level in order to gain access to the class. So not only do they force knowledge on you for 12 years of um, you know, school and high school, but they also put the framework in place that makes you have to do it. Otherwise, you can't go and actually study something in that direction that you want to go and study in. So tonight, we're actually going to talk about this a little bit about, you know, there's so much knowledge that we've gained over the years. And what we decide to do with it is what actually matters. And that's that knowledge isn't necessarily power. Applied knowledge is power. Knowledge put into action is power. So you can you can read books, you can um, listen to podcasts, you can do all of these things and listen, I'm guilty by association. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been binging um, podcasts for years now. And I promise you, I can probably remember, you know, 10% of it. So for me, it's a volume game. I just, I listen to so much podcast that eventually I build up knowledge because I don't have photogenic memory. I don't remember everything I hear. But if I hear enough of it, I eventually remember enough so that I can mm. actually make a, make a story about it. So that's my approach and everyone's approach is different. But at the end of the day, the point I'm trying to make is I do that so that once I've got that 10%, that 10% maybe equates to five or 10 books worth of knowledge that I can then remember so well that I can use it in my daily life. So for example, just to put it into something more tangible for the audience to understand, um, for some time I was put in a leadership role um, and I had to lead a team of engineers and I needed to quickly, quickly find out exactly how the heck do I do this because I've never been a leader in my life before. I was quite privileged to be quite young um, and, and leading a team of my own and I decided, okay, cool, I'm going to just put my head down into books and I'm going to start reading. And I read a hell of a lot of books. I mean, I know they say CEOs read 52 books a year, once a week, they read a book. I think I would have beaten them. Um, and I, I can't tell you whether it really helped. But what I can tell you is I read enough so that I could start making and taking the best out of all the different books and make up my own little um let's call it my own plan for what i think good management is and i actually started realizing very early on and we'll have a separate talk about this but i was never really a born manager i, I feel management is such a um again i'm cognizant of the fact that we have managers on the show but that hopefully they'll relate with what we're trying to say mm -hmm. and management is quite a dictatorship type of role it's it's someone that can enforce um, authority onto people and get out of them certain results. I'm a little bit more of a leadership type of person where I would rather perform in a way and have actions of a certain way where people naturally want to follow mm -hmm. um, and, and just kind of leading by example. But anyways, like I said, that's for another day. But I only, I, I only had a method on how to um, approach my management role or leadership role after taking upon uh, enough knowledge. And it's really that you think it's intuitive to just know how to be a leader. It absolutely isn't. And I know there's a lot of people that are called born leaders. Yes, I do agree that that's an acumen that you can be born with. 
Um, but not all of us are that lucky, but we, we all end up at some stage of our development in our careers, we end up in some form of leadership. And then you need to understand how to do it and mm -hmm. what, what are the right moves and how do you motivate people and how do you get them to perform at their highest potential? How do you get more out of people that don't see themselves as being good enough and so on. But anyways, so it's all about then acquiring the knowledge, taking the knowledge. So like I said, what I did is I absorbed a lot of knowledge or let's say I consumed a lot of knowledge. I only absorbed some of it. And I only chose the stuff that was relevant to me, that resonated with me and that I knew speaks to my character and my person. And that's how I basically applied my knowledge. So knowledge in itself is not power. Knowledge is just information um, that's around, but you haven't actually decided what to do mm -hmm. with that uh, knowledge. Yeah, and uh, I think even even in saying that as well, it, it reminds me of uh, my most recent journey as well. Uh, we've spoken a little bit more about, you know, in the past about my, my investment ideas of uh, going into real estate and, you know, doing, becoming a landlord or basically doing that on such a large scale that you start generating passive income. But... Uh, to me, that was just something that I came across and it just really resonated with me. And I started to deep diving into all of the books that I could find. For me, it was um, not necessarily just reading books, but also downloading audio books as well, listening to audio books on Audible uh, in the car as I drove, drove to work and back and basically just flooded myself with a ton of information surrounding everything that I could find on real estate and uh, property investment and what are the different strategies and all of those things, which is all good and well. I mean, at some point I uh, repeated listening to the exact same book maybe three or four times. When we get to that part, maybe in uh, one of our other episodes, I'll I'll share some of the knowledge with you or share some of the, the books that I came across that really uh, helped a lot. But with that being said, Leon, I think we've chatted about this a lot and you, <laughs> you've actually uh, tuned me about this a couple of times. The fact that I am someone that I'm an overthinker, right? I suffer from analysis paralysis and I'm definitely not oblivious to the fact that I do from time to time. And that is one thing as the, the best example that I have in my own life. For the last year and a half, maybe two years even, I've been studying everything because I feel that knowledge is power in the sense that if I know everything there is to know about how to negotiate deals, how to find the best deals, uh, how to analyze the numbers, how to do it as quick and as, as efficient as possible, um, I can spend two years on studying all of that stuff. But to this day, Leon, have I bought a house? No. no <laughs> I haven't yet. yet. Uh, not yet, right? So that is something for me in my personal life that uh, I'm still working on. I mean, it's it's absolutely, even though I understand it, even though I've come across this saying of knowledge isn't necessarily power, uh, but applied knowledge is, you know, it still is very, very difficult to apply that to my own life and to live by it as well. So in that sense, it is quite apparent that you can consume as much information as possible for as long as possible, but not even use it to your advantage, right? In my one case as well, I mean, if I had to think about just my, my career in itself, I planned that out strategically. 
uh, the, the way that I entered my the career that I'm currently sitting in and all that was a strategic move that I made when I was um, maybe 18 or 19 years old working my first job. I had to actually start deciding where is this all going, right? Um, I took a year off to try and find myself. I didn't necessarily, you know, so I took a gap year. Uh, I didn't necessarily have, um, you know, the means to go and study, to go and go to university. And plus, even if I did, I didn't really know where I was going to go, right? Or what I was going to go and study. So for me, I just took a gap year. It started my first job. And shortly in that period, in that first year and a half after, uh, you know, out of, out of high school, I discovered this path uh, of, you know, where I wanted to go with my career. And from there on out, I started consuming only knowledge that would be able to be applied to that career path that I would, that I would choose for myself, right? So in that case there, I must say that in, it did help me narrow my focus down because we are living in this day and age once again that, you know, we are consumed with so much knowledge, so much information. So we can now go and get sidetracked with courses for little to no money, uh, maybe even a free subscription for X amount of months, and you can consume all of that knowledge, but it, it's, it's, it might become overwhelming at some point, or it might just be a waste of time if you're not really focused on where you're dire directing that knowledge to. So for me, I started actually focusing my knowledge or focusing my research and studies all around what my end goal was. And for me, that is one aspect that actually has paid off in my life because I could actually take that knowledge, apply it in my real life scenarios and progress my career up to the point where it is now. But uh, to, to try and ask myself the question, why am I consuming this knowledge? Yeah, absolutely. You touch on something very important there. Um, you know, usually when I go on a knowledge binge, it's because something in my life is going on. So, for example, um, I just mentioned, for example, a new job, right? But let's say, for example, I want to start um, bonsai plant uh, trimming. <laughs> <laughs> That's random. I've got a bonsai, but it grows by itself. I've never tried to trim it. But um, let's say, for example, you want to do something like that. So how knowledge works is you're going to start maybe Googling around. And yes, absolutely. Very, very easy to obtain a lot of information. YouTube, I find, is a very, very good source of information. And because it's visual, it sticks. Um, books is still my favorite. I mean, leaders are readers. Um, so uh, it's it's a very good um, general. Generally, it's just a very good, um, I would say, habit to, to read, to find time to read. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about applied knowledge. Now, how do you actually retain the knowledge? It's actually through that application. So many people are like me where they'll consume information. And now I'm going to probably hopefully touch on a lot of people that's listening in the audience. You'll consume knowledge. And the very next day, you can only retain maybe 10, 15%, 20% if you're lucky on a good day, if you had coffee. Mm. And um, the problem with that is that you end up spending a lot of time to acquire very so the, let's call it it's almost like low bandwidth it's you you spend so much energy and so much time for little in reward as far as knowledge is concerned now where the the switch really flips is when you start having to apply that knowledge that's only really when you start retaining that knowledge so the more that you can actually apply that and use that knowledge 
that's when it works. So if we take my bonsai plant um, um, you know, analogy as an example, if you start reading about how to trim at a specific angle and you snip at a specific part of the branch to make sure that it sprouts two new, you know, um, I don't even know what you call it, let's call it branches. That's something visually in your head that you can't really understand just by reading, even from watching a video, until you start doing it and you prune and you play around and you see the results. I promise you, as soon as you see the results of your actions that you got from knowledge, you'll never forget it. It then automatically becomes cemented as a part of your skill set. So knowledge is, is something that you need to put into action. As soon as you put it into action and you put enough action, you become a master of that knowledge. And that means that it's part of your skills. It's something that makes up part of your personality, part of your character as a human being. So it's absolutely important to understand that you know, just consuming books and reading and, and watching, um, you know, uh, TED Talks, for example. And I mean, we're all guilty. I can sit and binge through TED Talks for hours on end. But that's not really teaching you that much. It's only really when you've got a topic and you zero in on that topic and you've got laser focus and you uh, maybe take a couple of notes and then every day you try and apply a little bit here and a little bit there that that knowledge actually starts sticking around um, enough so that it's actually changing your behavior and it's changing your, um, you know, skill in that particular topic. So that's basically what what I think um, is, is most important is to remember that you have to actually, um, you know, use the knowledge. A lot of people, I, myself included, you get different types of readers. You're going to get your guys that read. Um, purely for, for social reading, and that's completely fine. So we're obviously not talking about that right now. We're talking about uh, reading in the sense of research or you know researching a specific topic. Um, and, and that's not going to serve you that well down the line if you're just going to do my approach where you read enough so that you then eventually, by virtue of reading enough, you know enough. The quickest way, even for myself, if I can teach myself that, to acquire the actions and the skills from your reading is to immediately start enforcing the skills or something that Manu does quite well is he will go and summarize a book in a couple of bullets or maybe two pages and then have that with him and rem like go back to that and have that as a reference. Um, isn't that right? I've seen you do that a couple of times where you, you carry that with you. Tell us about that. Maybe that can help me. That's actually, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned it because um, I haven't actually thought about that at all in this in discussing this topic. But you're so right. It's something that a month down the line, it, and this actually became apparent when I was doing going through this whole property thing, right? I would find myself listening to an entire audiobook of, uh, you know, and this I'm talking about an eight hour to 12 hour audiobook on property. I would go and buy the book. I would read the book again and then I would listen to it again. And then I would assume that I would retain all of that knowledge. But then analyzing my first deal um, and then going through the different steps in my brain and I'm thinking, what the hell is the next step? I can't remember. And going back on audiobooks, yes, that didn't work for me because obviously you can bookmark certain things, but it's just, it's not as easy as quickly referencing or turning a page or going through your notes and all that. So it's something that I started uh, a couple of months ago, um, maybe even a year ago or so, where I said that uh, I'm just going to try this out. I'm going to just write down some of the bullet points in some of the chapters 
that uh, resonate with me, something that I want to actually remember going forward. And then I can just refer back to my notes. And in that case there, I would be able to retain that information and apply it to my own life as well. So I started doing that, but then I, as always, Leon, with everything that I do, I get carried away. So I ended up summarizing my books uh, that I read um, because everything in a book is just so, so interesting. And there's so much of it that you want to retain, that you want to remember. So I find myself sometimes actually drawing an entire timeline of the entire book and doing bullet points of saying that, in chapter one, this these are the highlights in chapter two, but I rewrite it in my own words. So it's basically rewriting the books and I'm not saying everyone should do this, but it's something that really helps me a lot to go back and say that I remember that I read it in this book. Let me quickly go back to my notes uh, and just go and check on that one chapter on you know, how to go and apply this because in a lot of these books, they will give you step-by-step guides on on how to do certain things, on how to negotiate, mm-hmm. uh, what sort of tactics you could use. And that's just in, in real estate, but I mean, in, in overall, uh, you know, there's, there's so much knowledge that you can apply in your own life as well. And that really, to be honest, yeah. um, inspired the show. I think that to a very, very large degree inspired the show because I sat down one day and I was like, you know, there's, there's so much information that we consume, but I don't ever know what is applicable and how I can go and translate that into real action steps. So we'll, we'll touch a little bit more on that towards the end of the show once again, as we always do. Uh, but it's something that, that just uh, really helped me out a lot is summarizing those bullet points of a specific book and then referencing back to it to some degree and seeing how can, uh, how I can actually turn that into an action step as well. So I've, I've got a top tip for our users out there and it's something that I use quite often. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming by you listening to this podcast that you are a listener of various different types of podcasts. And I'm pretty sure you found yourself in the same situation as I do. I've got about a one hour commute to the office uh, in and out and i'll be listening to a podcast and hearing something very interesting or maybe someone's quoting a book and i want to remember the name of the book and the author and i i can never remember those things i I just don't have that kind of brain so uh, martin actually introduced me to a little application called trello um so this is just a tip for the users out there or the listeners out there trello is a very interesting um solution that allows you to create lists and to do's and whatever but what i typically use it for is pretty much just remembering stuff every now and again and um unfortunately i'm not gonna preach to the android users now but if you have an iphone for example you can actually program a shortcut um, so just go on YouTube what I'm going to say now because I can't really go into the technical details on the show. It's going to bore the rest mm-hmm. of us. But um, you can create a shortcut that you, once you press it, it takes a voice recording and you just say, remember, um, you know, the book, it starts with Y from Simon Sinek. And then it will automatically create a new little entry inside your trailer that you can then later on go back to. Um, and I use that a hell of a lot. I even use that when my wife asks me to go and buy something from the store <laughs> and I need to make a shopping list because I, I'll, I'll, she'll usually ask me like to get four things and I'll remember three. I know I'll never remember all four. So I'll quickly just click that one little button, create a shortcut where it voice recognizes and creates a little clip that then, um, you know, puts it into my trailer. But that's just a little top tip, something mm-hmm. that I found that works for me, especially while I'm, a, I'm driving and I don't really want to do more than just, you know, clicking on a button on my screen. And then it allows me to just 
take that little snippet, put it somewhere for later. I love that. I think um, you know, when I introduced you to the application or to the virtual app or website um, called Trello, by the way, guys, if you guys want to go and check it out, uh, I will link it in the show notes, trello.com. Uh, again, we are not affiliated with any of these tools that we share. Uh, we merely just love sharing knowledge and love sharing tools and things that work for us. So I'm really glad you brought that up, Leon. Uh, you actually caught me off guard there once again. Uh, uh, wow. Um, yeah, such a powerful app. The, the way that I came about knowing about it is I actually checked it out in or I came across it in one specific course. Funny enough, we're talking about knowledge. I was taking a project management course at some point in my life. And um, one of the things, I never even finished the course because they mentioned Trello and I was like, oh yeah, let me go check it out. Knowledge is potential power, so I should go and get experience with this tool. It's absolutely free. Uh, go to Trello.com. We will link it in the in the show notes as well. And um, there is a mobile app available for it, but you can also access it on your web browser. Trello.com was such a great discovery for me because um, it allowed me to take a lot of my knowledge, funny enough, and, and, and convert that into actions, convert that into real life action steps for myself. And um, strange enough, we're actually looking at a Trello board right now. Um, that's what we're using yes, that's uh, right. for managing the show and managing the show notes and summaries and bullet points and all of those things. So it's a project management app and it sounds really intimidating when you think about it like that, but I promise you it's super easy to use and it really helps me. I've got Trello boards for pretty much every aspect of my life. Um, I've got Trello boards for uh, you know my studies that I do. I've got Trello boards for managing my personal to-do lists. I've got Trello boards for planning vacations and all of that. And uh, you can really turn all of those things into action steps. So for, for really touching on the topic of today in the sense that uh, you know, we are focusing on how can we apply action steps and converts our knowledge into skills. So the whole point of actually converting your knowledge into skills is because knowledge in its own, as we've now said, is not power. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve mm -hmm. anyone. Mm -hmm. And when I say it doesn't serve you, that sounds very selfish. Um, but the point of knowledge being converted into skills, the long-term goal is to actually be selfless uh, with your knowledge in, in giving back and empowering others. Um, knowledge converted into skills is empowering. It's something that really empowers you. Um, for example, if you're a skydiver and, you know, you just one day decided to start watching videos about skydiving and you say, all right, listen, I'm going to start uh, getting my license to have other people jump with me. And you convert that knowledge into a skill that gets customers to come and have that experience with you. You're actually now empowering other people with your skill that you've developed just from skydiving. Mm -hmm. Something as simple as jumping out of a plane with a big net. <laughs> well, not a net. A big, uh, you know, uh, um, kite. Yeah. <laughs> Parachute. <laughs> a kite wouldn't work. Um, but yeah, um, so the whole point of the, if you look at the whole cycle, so that, it, you know, I'm, I'm going around a little bit here, but... You start with the point of knowledge, you consume the knowledge, you then start actioning upon the knowledge, all right? And once you've created enough action, that action becomes permanent, which then means it's a skill. And then once you've got skill, it means you've, you've found empowerment. And once you've empowered, it means that you know so much about something that you can give that empowerment out to others to enjoy it as well, or to maybe spark an interest, or to maybe better someone's life, or whatever the case might be. 
you'll find that that's kind of the undertone of a lot of the things that we'll discuss in this um, uh, podcast is that everything we do and, and the knowledge that we gain is a means to an end. And that means is basically eventually finding ourselves in a position where us and sharing of knowledge actually does help someone out there. Um, even if it helps one person, that's good enough. And I'm not talking about our one listener, my mom. <laughs> I'm talking about hopefully by now the others as well that's joined in. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I hope that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it, it does. Um, especially you're saying that giving back and how it empowers you on, on giving that and paying that knowledge forward as well. That is something that has been uh, at the core of my, my being even you know, just as I left school that I discovered in my, and I'm talking a lot about my career path and all of that, but it's something that I've only recently realized sparked my interest in my career is when I consumed that information, very technical, very complex information. I was always looking for ways to um, explain that or carry over that knowledge into your know, other people's lives when they're really struggling so especially touching on on you know the industry that we're in we're in the tech space so you know it's all it this and it that and technology and computers and and processes and uh, random access memory and all of these great things that you hear all of these abbreviations right but for me that was such so much empowerment in the sense that i could now fix my own things i could now uh, you get to the point where I can build computers from scratch, put the pieces together, all of those things. I could pretty much get, if anyone came up to me uh, and asked me, Mono, I'm struggling with my PC. I don't know what's going on. It keeps crashing or it's hanging, it's slow. Any, anything like that, I could actually go and sit in front of it without needing to know anything about uh, you know, what the history of the machine is or what the history of the computer is uh, or yeah, who the exactly. user is and what they downloaded, what they clicked on. And I could dissect mm -hmm. that entire thing and fix the problem. So for me, that was something that was so empowering in my own personal life because that would mean that I would never, ever have to sit with a slow computer ever again. <laughs> uh, and that was very important. Sure. Um, but also paying that knowledge forward in the sense that if others came up to me and they said, but how did you do that? Because that's always the thing you know, a technician hears when they walk away is how did you do it? How did you fix it? And then you can try and explain to them and most people just say, oh no, don't worry. Um, you won't get it, I've fixed it. But for me, that's something that I always try mm -hmm. to at least convey. So I would always try and simplify what I just did or what caused the issue and try and repeat that in, or, or yeah, repeat it to them in a sense that they would actually understand. And that's the one thing that knowledge does for a person, right? Is once it empowers you to the level where you can, and we all consume knowledge in a different way. So we all interpret messages in different way and, and make connotations to our personal lives and all of those things uh, come into the place. So we all have different spins on the information that, that we consume. No, 100%. And the thing that you touched on now that's actually quite interesting, and I just want to throw it in here before I forget, um, it just came to me now. But Another thing that a lot of people do, and I've actually seen this in the company we work for a few times, I've seen it in previous companies, I've, I've seen it so many times in my life, is that a lot of people see um, acquiring of skill through the uh, meticulous consumption of knowledge is owned by them and, you know, mm -hmm. that they hold it very dear and they don't feel like sharing it. And I mean, I'm not, if, if you are that person, I'm not saying that I'm hating on that. 
I just think that you'll find um, consuming knowledge with the intention of um, putting it into action and developing a skill set a lot more rewarding when you actually start creating little followers <laughs> and people that actually learned from you and people that you were able to empower through your knowledge and through your action. I mean, we, we are from South Africa. If you're listening from this and maybe from another country, um, there's so much uh, to be done in this country as far as knowledge sharing and skill development and stuff like that is concerned. And there's so many of us that walk around like myself and Manu. I'm not saying we're the smartest people, but with a lot of information and knowledge and skills that if I have the ability to just share it um, with mass people like we are attempting to do with this podcast, you can hopefully spark something. And I mean, if you do it with one or two people, that will be enough. Um, for me, at least, that would like make this whole thing worthwhile. So what I'm trying to say is if you are a knowledgeable person and, you know, your knowledge um, becomes a skill set, pass it on. Give it to someone else that might be inquiring about it. I've got a very good example. My one um, family friend, he's a builder and he basically builds onto people's houses and, you know, he'll give you a car park or maybe he'll do a swimming pool. So he does that. He's been doing it for several years. And through doing that, he's gotten a plumber's um, diploma. He's got his building certificate. He's registered as a proper builder so that you can put his plans through the, um, you know, the necessary legal processes and everything. And he pays it forward. Eh? There's so many of his mates that aren't doing so well that he then starts training. He's like, listen, can you work? Do you have arms and legs? <laughs> do you know how to use a shovel all right cool i'll teach you how to lay a brick and if you can if you can lay that one brick i'll teach you how to lay 20 bricks and then i'm going to teach you how to lay a thousand bricks in a day and if i can get you that far and you haven't quit yet then i'm going to teach you how to build a wall and once i've teach taught you how to build a wall i'm going to teach you how to put the electricity inside and give it the finishes and everything and if that person has stuck around for all of that, he knows that there's a certain type of character that he can deal with. And um, that person immediately becomes a subcontractor to him, which then gives him a little bit of finances to start building his own little thing. And before you know it, they become their own builders and their own mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And they don't compete for business. I mean, this guy that I'm talking about, he's made his customers. He's got a name for himself. So he's selfless with his knowledge and he's empowering other builders to become builders and entrepreneurs. And I find it so amazing because he can easily say, you know what, the world is too small and every single inquiry about building in this area, I want it all for myself. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't do that. He also doesn't want co-ownership of any people or anything. He wants to have just enough uh, projects to keep him happy and satisfied and keep the bank account fairly good. And that's all he wants. The rest... This, there's enough sun to shine on everyone. So the rest, he passes it on him. He enables other people to do the same work he does in the same area. And he doesn't even see it as a threat. So take the knowledge, apply, apply it, action it, get it to a skill level and then pass it on. If you see someone that's going to do it justice, pass it on. Wow. I think, yes, two things on that. In episode three, we discussed creating a meaning, meaningful life. And we touched on the four pillars of uh, what Emily in her, t in her TED talk um, you know, refers to as the four pillars of uh, creating a meaningful life. And just thinking about that in itself got me thinking back to when I was 
thinking about you know, what is the meaning of life and doing a lot of research on how to build a meaningful life and, a, and how to create a, a purposeful life as well. And to me, that one thing was to say the one thing that I want to leave behind, you know, even though even if I could not leave behind uh, a massive pool of cash for my kids or my grandkids or massive multi-million dollar Fortune 500 companies uh, or whatever the case is, for me, the one thing that I do want to do in my life that creates purpose in my life as well is to share my knowledge. And that's partly the reason that why we're here, as we mentioned, but it's also how I live my life in the little ways, right? And in saying, you know, these little things that I can contribute on a day-to-day basis. And sometimes it's not easy uh, because not everyone will be skilled up to a level where they can understand it. So you might want to you know, trim it down on the context or the, the technical lingo then to try and make it more um, you know, understandable, more relatable to a certain extent. So, but that's the one thing that I try and at least leave behind is sharing my knowledge, uh, whether it is how to do your taxes and I've just learned how to do that or whether it is you know, how to uh, fit a globe inside my specific brand or make or model of my car. Those type of things, if someone come to, comes to me and they w- want to know how to do that, uh, I am just not the person that will hold on to that, that amount of knowledge and just sit on it to be scared that you know maybe they're going get, to get out ahead of you as well. In, in, in corporate, you see that happening a lot where... And I think that's what you were referring to, Leon, the fact that people will uh, go through a certain course or they will have a vast amount of experience in one specific field. And if you go and ask them how to fix that or how to do this one specific task, they will just hold on to it or they will share as little as possible information on that topic so that you don't ever come and take the jobs. I don't know what the what the reasoning maybe that is you know, because uh, some people might feel that you will become a threat and they had to work very hard to get to the point where they are to consume the amount of knowledge and to apply that as a skill set. And they might be scared that they're giving you a shortcut to life. So that actually takes me to the second point that I wanted to mention on that as well. But Zig Ziglar had this saying that said, you can have everything that you want in life if you just help enough people to get what they want. And that's what Leon is talking about as well, I think, Mm -hmm. is saying that the more you help people, the more you give back in the sense of your knowledge that you have consumed, even though you feel that you might be, um, you're stabbing yourself in the back in a certain aspect, because if the job opportunity does open up, someone else might come in and sweep in with the knowledge that you've shared with them and uh, take advantage of that opportunity and leave you high and dry. But I feel that in that sense there, you can have everything that you want in life. If you just get it help or help enough people to get what they want by sharing the knowledge and helping them get to their destiny. No, absolutely. And I mean, I just want to touch on something before we probably need to close. But um, if you feel that insecure in the knowledge and sharing thereof at your workplace, then maybe you aren't at the right place or maybe um you know, you're not working for the right type of manager. I've I've shared a lot of information with colleagues throughout the years and I've never ever personally had a situation where that knowledge was then used to get a head or shoulder above exactly. me. Exactly. Um, instead, yeah, if you do it in the right way, and again, it comes down to, I think when we're done with this podcast in hopefully never, but <laughs> if you listen to all of our 
um, stories and chats, um, you'll eventually see a theme developing where it's all about you as a person and your character. So if if that person at, at work is asking you for um, help with something and you haven't had a strong enough character and demeanor leading up to that event and they haven't respected you, there is that chance, I assume. You know, I've, it's never happened to me. But I can think of some scenarios where that person could then be conniving and using it against you because because he doesn't respect you or maybe your character is not strong enough so he saw a gap and he was able to exploit it but if you actually have that kind of um you know character and that uh caring personality trait usually most people and again i'm not saying mm. it's a hundred percent ironclad but most people won't exploit that information they just need that information to get across a bump in the road so share the information it it doesn't blow up in your face um it hasn't in mine it hasn't in mm-hmm. mine is from my knowledge mm-hmm. and um i can again i can see some extreme cases where that might happen but at the end of the day if that does happen then that's a lesson learned and 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 you move on from that and you you obviously know what to look out for for the next uh you know, person that that happens with. So anyways, um, a last thing that I wanted to mention, um, I don't know, Manu, did you want to add something? Yeah, so yeah, people are good by nature. Um, it's been proven over and over again. By yes. nature, we are good beings. We want to do good. Everybody wants to do good. So by thinking that you know, someone's out to get you, just by sharing that knowledge uh, might actually change that whole person's perspective of you as you know, as an individual in itself. And that would switch or flip the whole script around as well. I've come yeah. across a lot of people that I hated or disliked, not hated, but disliked. And then they share and they're open with sharing their knowledge and instantly I gain respect for that person. Yes, that's true. And I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, if if you're not willing to share knowledge don't expect the same courtesy Absolutely. in future from others. You know, that's the other mm. thing. So paying it forward, eventually you'll receive. I mean, that's kind of the circle that we are talking about. So if you give knowledge away, you'll also receive knowledge. And that's just how the universe works. Um, so when it comes to knowledge, just maybe a, um, a closing statement from my side, just maybe another tip, because mm-hmm. we did say that we'll give tips on the show as well. But when you... When you deal with knowledge you should just basically follow the three a's and i cannot take credit for this this is from uh damien balderama he was on one of the ted uh, tedx reading um events and he said that you need to follow the three a's or he calls it the a's to the power of three ask answer and act so basically first thing you need to do is you need to ask yourself how is this knowledge applicable to my life and what is it going to serve me how is how do i you know why do I need it? Then quite simply, you need to answer that question. So let's say, for example, I want to acquire knowledge on how to make my own knives. And, uh, you know, I've got a pocket knife uh, collection and I want to start being a small little blacksmith and create my own knives. The answer is very simple. I want to create it because it gives me joy and I enjoy it. And maybe I can even sell it, etc., etc. And then simply you need to act on it. And by acting, I mean... When they explain how to create a knife, okay, I need a belt saw, I need a file, I need some raw materials, I need some, you know, and you act and you go and get those things and you start building your first knife. And your first knife will probably suck and it's going to be 
duller than maybe the dullest butter knife in your kitchen. But you will create a second knife and that second knife will get better. And then you'll create a third knife and you can even maybe charge money for that. And by the end of it, um, by again, repeatedly actioning, you'll create a skill. Mm. And once you've got a skill, you'll eventually be able to provide or, or, or to create knives or make knives that's worthy of someone else carrying it. And then later on in life, that knowledge becomes experience and that experience can then be used to empower others. So yes. you can pass that skill on to your, your son one day to be a small blacksmith at home making knives. Yes, yeah, so knowledge is converted into skills through experience. That's the one key takeaway here today. If uh, just to summarize all of the action steps, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. The action steps are simply this um, gain power by taking action. Uh, knowledge isn't power in itself. We asked that question right in the beginning. Uh, Damien talked about it in his TED talk. Uh, you have to take action in order to make that knowledge or convert that knowledge into power. And then one uh, or two others that I do want to leave with you, action steps, is make sure that in this week or in this month or in this time to come, be cognizant and be aware of the knowledge that you are consuming and ask yourself, is this the right type of knowledge? Is this actually taking me to my goal? Um, there's so much information that we're consuming on a daily basis that you know, it might all just be white noise. So make sure that you try and focus your knowledge to uh, attain or, or to at least attain a specific skill. And then lastly uh, is share your knowledge. Share your knowledge and, and pay it forward because paying it forward to just one single person could mean that you end up paying that forward to 10 or 15 or 30 or 100 or 5,000 other people uh, in turn because that one person that True. you've empowered will now go ahead and start empowering the rest of them. Guys, girls, ladies and gents, thank you so much for listening to the fifth episode of the Real Life Tips or Tools or Tricks podcast from myself, Mono. And myself, Leon, this was a lot of fun, Mono. I enjoyed it. Um, we debunked it. So knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. So really really enjoyed the episode i hope you did too leave us a like or a comment or something rate the show go look at the show notes we'll link um, a couple of the tips like trello and the others in the show notes share it with your friends if you think this is going to help someone else again like we just said <laughs> share share the knowledge share the love share the show and we'll see you on the next episode cheers guys Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining this episode. We really hope that it inspires and motivates you. By the way, we're giving away a free five-step personal budget template that will help you take control of your financial goals. So just head over to rltstudios.com, sign up for our newsletter, and we will get that right over to you. So head over to rltstudios.com, and we will see you in the next episode. Until then, cheers. Cheers.